guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What is up, you beautiful mermaids? This is Melissa, and you're back with the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast, where we celebrate all things women, wine, champagne, rum and coke, fucking everything on earth. And today, I've got an awesome Everyday Woman series episode featuring a kick-ass chick tuning in all the way from the UK. This is our third international guest, which just blows my damn mind that I live in a world where I get to have a podcast show where I talk to women in different countries about life. It's crazy, but I am so thankful and I am so grateful and I'm just super excited about this conversation that you are about to hear. It is such an important message and reminder that literally every woman and man and child and just human being really need to hear and really need to be reminded of because it's something that a large part of the world struggles with on a day-to-day basis. So today I have Ishbri joining us on the mic and today we are talking all things self-love, beauty standards, self-loathing that comes from the pressure of societal beauty standards, social media, the use of photoshops and editing apps, all of these things that exist around us that creates this idea of perfection, which is not perfection because it's fake. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Living in a world that makes us fight for this unrealistic idea of perfect when perfect not only doesn't exist, but it's fucking lame. And so Ishpri is here today to remind us that there is absolute beauty in your imperfections. And she's going to do that by telling us her own personal story, struggling with acne, and how she has finally gotten to this place in her life where she's not only empowered by her acne, but she finds it beautiful. And she shares that every single day online with her social media followers, and she's a motherfucking queen. So without further ado, here's Ishbri. Welcome to the show. Hey. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. I am so excited. Um, So people are probably sometimes wondering, like, how do I connect with the women that I have on this show? So Ishbri and I met through this, like, I guess, Instagram sisters community. And it's been so cool because I've also featured a couple other awesome women who I've connected through the sisters community on the podcast. And I'm just so excited because it's such an incredible way for me to meet women from all over the entire world. And, you know, we all live such unique lifestyles and it's just such an incredible way for us to learn from each other and grow from each other. So I'm just so excited to have met you and that you're here now and you're going to grace all of the listeners with your story. So thank you so much. It's okay. I'm really excited and I'm glad we finally, you know, have been able to talk Yes. And so I actually have a burning question, which has nothing to do with anything we're going to be talking about today, but is just a question that I've always pondered myself. You're in university, right? Yeah. (laughs) Is university for you the same thing that like college is for us? Yeah, I think it is. (laughs) 
College is where you guys go and like stay in dorms and stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That. Yeah. That. That's the same thing. Okay. Cool. That's what I was wondering. And then I'm also wondering. Okay. So I just recently started binge watching the shit out of Love Island UK, <laughs> which I've never seen like any television series, um, especially reality television outside of the United States. So I've just been like in this deep dive of like fascination. And ever since I've been watching it, I've become so interested in like where everybody's from in the UK. And every time a new contestant comes on and they say where they're from, I literally pull up a map and I'm like, oh, how interesting. Like, so I'm curious, what part of the UK are you from? Um, so have you ever heard of Birmingham? No, I haven't. Um, so it's near London. Okay. I, I, feel, I feel like I want to say it's the second biggest city, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very, very close to London. Cool. Yeah, so I, I didn't know much about the UK until probably the last few months, and I don't know if I should be embarrassed to say that Love Island has educated me on the geography of the United Kingdom, but I'm I'm just learning things every day, so I'm just, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> what words have you learned from Love Island? This is the, okay, this so, is the important bit. <laughs> okay, well, so a, a few terms that have stood out to me that have cracked me up that we do not use in the United States are, I've noticed that everybody calls women and men, like, lovely all the time, and, like, I feel like we never use the word lovely to describe, like, anybody here. And then also using the term cuddle when referring to, like, what we call hugging. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, like, anytime they're like, let's go for a cuddle, I'm like, oh, that is so weird. I would not want to hop in bed and spoon with this person right now because that's what I imagine cuddling is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, And then what are the other ones? Oh, the use of the word proper it's said all the time (laughs) literally (laughs) but there's definitely been a few more that have like cracked me up but I think proper cuddle and lovely have been some of the the big standouts for me (laughs) yeah I bet you watch it and you're like what is actually going on (laughs) is this at the UK it's because whenever I go on TikTok all the Americans are basically like making fun of people from the UK because of the way we speak. I I mean, the way... Well, this is the thing that I think is so fascinating is that the accent is so classy that like anything that you guys say will sound classier than anything Americans say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm... So, you know where I'm from, Birmingham? We apparently have the worst accent, so mine's not as strong, but like everyone in the UK hates Birmingham accents. It's like one of the, yeah, it's considered the worst accent. Oh my God, that's funny. Well, it sounds beautiful to me and it's part of the reason why I love it so much. I've just been like, oh my God, I can't get enough of this love island. It's crazy. Um, But I also am mildly appalled by how short the shorts are that the dudes wear. (laughs) It's like, they're almost like short little booty short trunks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't see a lot of that where I'm from here. I mean, whoever's in charge of their dress sense is just not okay. (laughs) The girls, the girls dress so amazingly. Like, whenever I see their outfits, I'm just like, wow. Yeah, um, I've been seeing a little bit too much man thigh on these dudes, I could do with a little less of it, but you know what? I'm not going to complain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, now that we got all of the most important things out of the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, as you know, I've been wanting to talk to you forever now because since I've connected with you, I absolutely just love everything that you stand for. So, Obviously, I only know you via Instagram, but your Instagram is somewhat of a handle where you advocate for, um, you know, beauty standards, whether that be, you know, pushing back on what the societal norm is in terms of the typical ideal of beauty or also advocating for 
skin health. And so I just love what you're doing. You have such a positive presence and you're making such an important stand for literally something that is forever and constantly brushed under the rug, but needs to be blasted from the rooftops of like how toxic it is for women and men, to be honest, to live in a world that requires us to look a certain way or at least pushes us to look a certain way. And when we don't fit that mold, it can create a lot of really unhealthy habits in our own lives. It can create a lot of like body dysmorphia, a lot of self-esteem issues, mental health issues, and it's really hard. And so it's just such a troubling thing that I think young girls experience throughout their whole lives. And I just love that you're doing your part to sort of break that down. So I just want to talk to you about all of those things and then um, allow you to sort of tell our listeners about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and like what sort of inspired you to create this positive platform where you really highlight and celebrate beauty that's not within the societal norms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I founded Love-ish to promote uh, self-love and normalize acne. I think growing up a lot of the times I felt like I didn't look like anybody else and I think that's what made it so hard having acne Um, and especially in South Asian culture you're always conditioned to feel a certain way and think a certain way and ultimately told that the only opinion that really matters is the ones that others have of you so when I noticed that it kind of like what's the word it kind of sparked something inside of me that was like this needs to change um so being especially a university student I see a lot of it where girls are going through this thing of social media and they're seeing influencers all the time they're seeing girls at university and they're pressured a lot to think and to be a certain way Agreed. I know I sure as hell felt that way when I was in in college. But especially, you know, one thing that I will note when I was in college, social media was not what it is today. So I think, you know, at that point in time, I had a Facebook, but I don't really recall Instagram like being as a thing. Like it might have existed, but like no one was using it like how they were using it now. I couldn't imagine being in college today and having the social media pressures that people have today. Social media in general, like it can be such a toxic thing, but I also think there's opportunity for it to not be toxic at all. But I think that's really up to the the user, you know? So if you're somebody who creates your social media feed to be flooded with influencers or celebrities or, you know, people that represent this particular look, then that's going to be draining. But if you create a feed that has positivity and has advocacy and shows different types of body types and diversity, I think there is an opportunity for it to actually be very helpful and beneficial to people. Do you, what do you think about that? I definitely think social media does have really good elements to it whereas you know there's other other parts of it where it is really toxic especially when it comes to if you think about it since social media there's been so many editing apps that have now been created whereas like before you probably didn't have that so now you have the opportunity to see yourself as if you've had surgery where you can change your body change your face like that that's never really that was never there and growing up with social media I really saw the change in society as well like the change in women and like the young boys young girls especially because you know when you're at school you you kind of try makeup and that kind of stuff but it's more fun it's not really to change yourself Mm-hmm. And then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I need to add more highlight. I need to add more contour to make my um, cheeks chiseled. And it's mm-hmm. just very, very toxic. And I think you can enter this cycle where 
it's like constant self-loathing and like wanting to change um so yeah I feel like it's hard to kind of break away from that cycle but once you do you feel so much better for it like especially in my teenage years I was following so many celebrities like Kim Kardashian Khloe Kardashian and then also influencers as well so when you're constantly surrounded by perfection and people that don't look like you it has a really negative impact on the way you see yourself yep well and you know the funny thing in that is that none of those people are even perfect Yeah. In fact, they themselves felt that they were so imperfect that they have gone to extreme lengths to alter their appearance to fit this idea of perfection. So, like, the irony in all of it is that the people that we idolize, in a sense, as perfection weren't perfect either and were also subjected to this disgusting cycle where they themselves felt they had to change who they were to fit this ideal. So it's like, where did the ideal even originate from if the people that we consider to be like the best of the best also got dragged through it? Like, I don't understand. And I mean, obviously, it's like media, television, movies, who we see on our magazine covers, stuff like that. But it's just like, it's it's almost feels like nobody is safe from it. Yeah. Like, even the richest, most successful people who are on the spotlight every day, not even those people can hide from this kind of pressure. So it's just like, what is the point? Preach, sis. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> no, 100%. So in terms of what you said before, like, who really created this definition of beauty that everyone's so obsessed with? I made a video about it um, a couple of days ago. And I was like, I was really thinking, I was trying to think in my head who actually started this and why are we so bothered because more often than not we're so bothered about people saying things but we don't even know who those people are so it's like we're blindly following this like who really created this definition of beauty that we care about so much and with these influences they have like they can't leave this toxic cycle like they're gonna constantly want to change themselves because they're chasing this um like this image that is unachievable Mm -hmm. and I think like a lot of the times as well um us as fans or just regular people contribute to that because well we we kind of put them on a pedestal where we're like okay but you're still not good enough so then Mm -hmm. in our head we we're like participating in it we're yeah. like part of the problem <laughs> yeah and you know it, it goes the other way too where an influencer can like alter herself post a picture of it and then there's one million people giving her high five saying good job agreeing like yes queen you changed yeah. yourself and we approve like which is also part of the problem you know yeah, and the thing is, like shows like Love Island, etc., they get, they get like basically people make so much fun of their features, like on Twitter, and they give them they give them a complex. So then when they come out, more or less, they get surgery, mm-hmm. and then again, people hate them because they're like, "Why have you got surgery?" But we contributed to that to the reason why they got surgery in the first place does that make sense yes yeah it's a it's a vicious cycle and you know it's really weird because it's it's scary to think that like decades of life existed before social media ever existed and now that it's here and you know it's we can see some of the dark sides that it brings to society. I worry that there's like no coming back from it. Yeah. Like how can we ever erase what we've done or rewind what we've already built without completely uh, getting rid of social media entirely? Like I just don't know how that would be possible. So I I sometimes worry about just the future of humanity. If this is going to be, you know, the trending theme moving forward forever. 
I think it's just about reassuring people that it's okay to be you. And I think that's why um, it's so important to create platforms. And this is why I say to people, like, sometimes the bravest thing you can do is just be yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're never going to be perfect. Like, that is just, that's just not a thing. But there's beauty in imperfection, which people fail to like they fail to remember because everyone's drilled it drilled it into us that you know we have to be perfect we can't have any marks we have to have clear skin we have to have a thin body but if you think about it it's like people get skinny shamed they get fat shamed like there's just no <laughs> there's no pleasing anyone like, no, right. you know what I mean and it's never gonna end until we end it necessarily and that's why that's why I made the page because I kind of wanted to step back and pave my own way and if people are going to tell me that I didn't fit their definition of beauty then I'd rather create my own. I love that. (laughs) I love that. So you have been incredibly vulnerable in posting pictures of yourself on your page. And I love the posts that you show two pic well, you'll show the same picture of yourself, the real version of it, and then the edited version to be like, look, bitch, look at the two versions here. Which one's real? And I love that you show that side of the toxicity. Of the in the way that people edit their pictures, but I also just love that you are so open and honest about yourself. But what I guess what I'm wondering is like, was it hard for you to make that first move? Was there fear that you had lingering before you hit, you know, send on that first post? Or do you worry about the comments or the DMs that you might get from people? Like, how has that sort of worked out for you? Well, the very first time I posted, I was so shook. Like, it is really hard to just post a photo where it's it's you. And I did get a really positive response from it. But at the same time, I was so confused because I was like, I'm basically being praised for being myself. Right. And people are praising me because it's just not, it's not like a normal thing in society now because everyone's just trying to be someone that they're not and I think it just gave me the push that I needed to continue because I was like people really need this and like um um I actually had a page before this not not to do with anything about like self-love or whatever it's just a personal Instagram page and I felt like it got to the point where I was editing my photos like looking back it was so obvious (laughs) that I had edited my skin like it was ridiculous and I think it just got to a point where I was like, no, like, I can't keep doing this because it's not helping me love myself. It's, it's taking me further away from self love. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, if I can help someone to realize that it's okay to have acne, that is the main thing. Yeah. And so yeah, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that as well. So like, have you had acne your whole life, like since childhood? Or is this something that's developed in your 20s? And I'm curious, like in terms of skincare treatment, like if you have seen dermatologists or like any kind of doctor, because I I would love to know like how that dynamic has gone down. Like just because for, for example, for myself, I have often reached out to doctors for support for, you know, things related to my reproductive health or my weight loss issues or my, you know, whatever issues I'm having. And I've often felt really unsupported by the doctors that who were there as my main resource. So I'm curious as to, you know, what kind of experience you've had with any type of dermatologist and just overall your entire experience like living with acne and like how you've sort of what that journey's looked like for you. Um well my acne started to get really bad when I was 17. I feel like that was the peak of it. Um before that I had pretty clear skin. Like I'd get like the odd spot here and there but my skin used to be really clear and I think that was the hardest thing for me because I'd never had to deal with something like that before and it was in the peak where it's kind of like okay social media is getting big um 
and it was more obvious because everyone just started pointing out to me and I think like with acne it's one of those things because you don't want to put makeup on it because it'll probably make it worse and it's Mm -hmm. also really sore and then it's like okay well I don't want to leave the house without makeup so where do we go from here yeah right um but I do feel like I faced a lot of opinions from it, like probably a lot of, I wouldn't say negative opinions because it was almost like people were trying to help, but they weren't because they were contributing to me hating myself. Because if you think about it, if you go to an event or a party or whatever, and the first thing people say to you is something about your skin, you know it's something that's obvious and like I own a mirror so right <laughs> it's like when people make when people would say stuff to me I'd kind of be like oh here we go again and uh-huh. it did it did make me not want to leave the house to go places because I just knew people were going to talk about my skin and I kind of wanted to get away from that mm-hmm. but yeah my friends never had acne like all my friends just fit this amazing beautiful like you know the idea of beauty that everyone just talks about like a lot of my friends fit that so then for me it was just really hard because I'd never be the girl that like guys liked or I'd be the girl that guys would talk to to get to their friend oh god but yeah it was really hard as well with the lack of representation um And in terms of dermatologists, like, I never actually saw a proper dermatologist until recently. And my skin started to get a lot better. But that wasn't because of a dermatologist or like any specialist treatment. I literally googled it, like googled about skincare, um, did my own research. And I also was a lot kinder to myself. And I know it sounds really cliche. But being kinder to my skin did really help because before I would be quite, when I'd like wash my face and stuff, I'd be quite aggressive and like I just have in my heart so much hate for who I was. And so I feel like since I've been kinder, more patient to myself and like also doing my own research and stuff, that's really helped. Mm. Um, And just... Because I feel like people take advantage of the fact that you have acne. Like, so many people have said to me, yeah, yeah, buy this, it'll work. And then, like, I'll research it and it doesn't even do anything for acne. So then it's it's just like, you do get taken advantage, advantage of a lot. And this is what would annoy me the most when people would say mention my acne. Because, you know, people would think that I wasn't washing my face properly or... All, all that kind of stuff and in reality they don't know they don't know what I was going through like they didn't know how much medication I was taking how many skin skin products I had brought and yeah so I was like I'm just gonna do me <laughs> hell yeah and I totally relate to quite a few things that you said um I've never struggled with acne in my life but when I turned 25 I developed something called melasma. Have you heard of that? Um, no. So it is a really fucked up skin condition in which I develop really dark patches on my face. And it's a combination of exposure to sunlight, but it ultimately is something that's actually connected to my hormones. Literally what happened is I went to a volleyball, an outdoor beach volleyball tournament on 4th of July, and it was during the summertime, and I spent probably like the entire day on the beach playing volleyball. And when I got home that that late afternoon, I walked into my house, went into my bathroom to like take a shower, and I looked at my face, and I had enormous dark spots on underneath both of my eyes and over my entire upper lip, like a black mustache. It was so dark (laughs) and it was mortifying. I had no idea what was going on. 
So I went to work the next day just completely mortified of what I looked like and feeling like every time somebody talked to me, they were just like staring at my two black eyes and my mustache. But anyway, since that happened, I am still on my own personal journey of finding ways to prevent this, to fix this. But one thing that I discovered when going to a dermatologist is that every dermatologist under the sun is going to try to prescribe you some type of ointment or pill that costs an obscene amount of money. Like, I I was being told to purchase like a $300 like one ounce tub of like an ointment, it did absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. Zero change whatsoever. So I had to go on my own wild goose hunt researching and looking things up and finding people on Instagram who have the same problems to then learn that it's a hormonal problem. So I can put as many effing ointments on my face as I want, but if the stomach issue isn't fixed, then the face never will be. And so now I'm on this like new wild goose hunt to figure out how to fix my hormonal issues so that I don't have to have two black eyes and a mustache anymore. <laughs> Girl, I still got a mustache. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Mine's hairy though. <laughs> well that's the thing i mean a real mustache you can wax (laughs) a skin mustache you can't yeah but like honestly when it comes to that kind of stuff people do really take advantage like i can't i can't even say that enough because i know what young girls will go through with acne like especially when they're first starting out they're gonna have people telling them to use body shop products like and can I just say right I've researched the ingredients in body shop products and I am so annoyed that I even attempted to use them because they have like fragrance and stuff in um that's obviously bad for my skin but because I listen to people like blindly I just used it because I was so desperate to have something that changed what was going on with my face basically um Mm. but it did get to a point where I was literally like the first thing I'd say to everyone is anyone who I met I'd be like yeah yeah I have acne because it was like my defense mechanism so even Mm. if I had just met them spoken to them for like what five seconds I'd be like yeah I have acne because for me it was like they're gonna they're gonna know anyway they can tell they're gonna be thinking about it they're probably going to think it's really bad. So let me just say it. And then I just feel a bit better. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that's part of the challenge is, especially when you have insecurities around whether it's, you know, a physical, well, mostly physical insecurities, because those are the ones people can see, you know, if you have like anxiety or depression, these are like the invisible things that people don't know about um, that are easy to hide. But when it's something that you can't literally hide, it, there's no better way to sort of challenge that that fear and that insecurity than confronting it yourself. And I feel like, you know, people actually really can appreciate that. You know what I mean? At least that's how it was in my experience. But I also feel like that's what you're doing on your own platform. And people really appreciate that you are putting yourself out there like that and showing the truth behind who you are, even the areas in which our society thinks you should feel most shitty about. And by not feeling shitty about it, and by actually celebrating it and highlighting it and throwing it out there for everybody to see, you're you're breaking that down on your own and you're eliminating this like dark looming thing that is was created to destroy you, but really like you're destroying it. And it's so awesome. Yeah, I just feel like, because for me, I really like to write. And that's kind of how I got the name Lovish for my page because I would write in my journal, I'd write stories or whatever. And I was like, this could be a letter to myself or to a letter to other people to be like, look, it's going to be okay. And that's just the way I saw it because at the end of the day, everyone needs to just be told like they're beautiful, they're worthy and like everything's going to be okay. So that was the, like the main thing for me to put mm-hmm. across on my platform. Yep, I love it. So your social media handle, you know, 
is a place where you sort of advocate for beauty standards. You use it as like a writing platform. Like, do you have any additional aspirations or further lengths in which you want to take it, whether that be like a career path or different type of advocacy that you want to do at university? Like anything else that you plan to extend it further? Um, so I'm hoping to extend it with one of my friends um, to create like a docu series uh, oh, where cool. we, yeah, because I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel, um, but I feel like my energy doesn't. I just feel awkward talking <laughs> to a camera by myself. Like uh-huh. I feel like it lacks that element of it being personal because I can't be personal to a computer screen, <laughs> right? <laughs> but me and my friend were talking and we were like we should so do something like this like it's so important to have these conversations so we wanted to really focus on minorities as well like minority experiences because in my culture in particular um Bollywood has contributed a lot to the way South Asians perceive beauty and you know all the girls in Bollywood are fair-skinned clear skin really thin and I wanted to be able to talk to people about my experience coming from my culture. So we wanted it to kind of, you know, be something where we can learn from other cultures as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm hoping to be focusing on. It's a bit hard with lockdown, but... (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's awesome. That's... That's definitely needed. And, you know, the good thing, too, about YouTube is that I feel like it's such a huge platform for the younger generation. So to be able to reach, you know, even girls in their adolescent ages when they could potentially start to be experiencing some of this, like, body dysmorphia or even just acne, it's a great way to, like, reach those groups of younger girls and start spreading those more positive messages around body image Um, because – I mean, we need to do that, you know, there there has and I think that's also kind of the cool thing about social media is that, you know, before it existed, the only resources that we really had were television, movies, magazines, things like that, or or our own our own friends, our own family members. Those were the things that influenced us, the things that we learned these societal norms from but now today there could be people like myself or you who can create a new resource and ensure that the resource that they're creating is to benefit the people not tear them down so I love kind of at least that aspect of you know that just the evolution of the internet in general and the ability that the little people out there can actually create platforms to help contribute to the positive lifestyles of other people. So that's super cool and definitely, definitely launch that YouTube because it's so needed out there in the world. Yeah, well, when we were talking about it the other day, I was like, this is definitely what like I would have needed when I was younger. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I always use as my inspiration because as a young child, I was very carefree, like, I just didn't care about people's opinions, as children normally do, but then it gets to a certain age where you're, like, really self-conscious, you stop, like, you stop being yourself because you care so much about what other people think, and more often than not, you're you're kind of taught that, like, your only asset is your looks, especially if you're a woman, so then Mm -hmm. whenever I do stuff, I kind of think, like, what would the younger version of me need or what what did she need and what did she like want um and I just use that as my inspiration and I also think like because I have nieces and stuff as well so I think like for my nieces I never want them to feel feel like how I did yeah and how awesome for them to have you as their aunt (laughs) (laughs) I mean I am the cool one I built a fort with them the other day but like virtually (laughs) I was literally on FaceTime to them like fully building this massive fort in my room because we're having like a competition oh my god that's hilarious (laughs) okay well so I always love to you know ask you know like what advice do you have for 
anybody that, well, particularly girls and even maybe more particularly younger girls that are, you know, growing up and developing and they're starting to kind of experience those negative feelings about themselves, um, particularly because, you know, they either learned to feel that way through social media or television or just the things that they're seeing out in the world. And like, what advice do you have to that young girl to sort of help her navigate this huge chapter of her life where beauty and self-image is deemed the highest of importance in a human being? Like, how would you, what would you say to her to sort of give her a light at the end of the tunnel? First thing I'd say, you are a queen. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> but like, also, I would just say to to look in the mirror every single day and try to compliment yourself the way that you do to others. Because I feel like we so easily compliment everyone else. Like, I can easily see the beauty in everybody else apart from myself. Like, that's how I used to feel. But I think it's really important to spend time in the mirror in the like morning or before you go to bed and say something positive about yourself, even if it's one thing, because that one thing can make a difference. Like every little thing builds up. Um, mm. So I definitely say like compliment yourself and don't forget that there's so much diversity in beauty. Like if you think about it, freckles weren't a trend once, right? And I saw a tweet about this and they were basically saying how you know freckles weren't a chain it weren't a trend sorry and now it's become a big thing where people that don't have freckles are now like putting it all over their skin with henna and stuff like that and I just think it's important to remember that even though beauty standards and beauty trends will change the love for your your the love that you have for yourself should never change Mm -hmm. and I just think it is important to love every version of yourself as well because you know my skin's calmed down a lot now but it does flare up but then I just I have this mentality in my head now where I love myself no matter what happens to my skin no matter how I look whether I'm in joggers and sweatpants and stuff like that whether I'm dressed up going out like I still feel the same way that I do regardless of how I look really mm -hmm. um and to just be yourself because at the end of the day that you don't want to be like everybody else because there's beauty and diversity and I, I always say this like a thousand times a day but it's so true because who, why why would you want to be the same when you can just be you so how like how did you get to this place of like such confidence? And do you ever have moments where you feel like you kind of revert back to some of those less confident times that you've had in your life? So I don't really talk about this a lot on my page, but I struggled with an eating eating disorder a lot. And part of it was because, you know, people were saying, if you eat this, you can have acne or whatever. So I drawed it into my head that you know, there's certain foods that I can't eat. And having this, this eating disorders is very hard because it's almost like you have a guilt every time you put food into your body. Mm -hmm. But for me, just learning that, just unlearning all these things that I was taught where food is bad and whatever stupid shit that people <laughs> that people say yep. like unlearning it has really helped to make me feel confident because if someone tells me you shouldn't eat that because you know carbs are bad because let's in all honesty in every single film people teach us that carbs are bad right and it, mm -hmm. it doesn't relate to acne but people will say you know carbs are bad shouldn't eat them but then when you look at the science behind it this is why it's so important to me because I looked at the science behind it and I was like, wow, I've really been, I've really been neglecting, neglecting my body by, you know, taking away this thing that everyone sees, that everyone deems to be so bad because my body needs that. But I think when you realize that, no, people are just telling you stuff that they don't understand themselves and it's because they've been told that. Not because they really understand it or know. Um, so I think that contributed uh, just 
just like not listening to people really it sounds totally it sounds very basic um and easy it's not but it's really important because no one can really tell you how to live your life and you know at the end of the day not everyone is gonna see you in the way that you deserve just because people don't have the ability to they don't have the ability to see beyond the surface or like beyond the looks and I feel like another thing that really contributed to my confidence I'm just trying to think because I only just started this self-love journey literally when lockdown happened and this whole pandemic happened and I think it was because I I knew that there was going to be something inside of me that would be constantly looking at girls on Instagram and you know wishing I looked like them and so I just thought I need to I need to think differently and I need to look at myself in a different light hell yeah I swear this freaking lockdown pandemic has brought so many good things to the surface like it's really forced people to look within themselves and you know especially when everything else is sort of eliminated or on pause when you don't have the ability to go out and see friends or do you know engage in the typical entertainment things that you used to do or just you know be out and about in the world and having all of these external distractions when like all of that's gone and you really have to just sit with yourself and be alone and isolated it's like well all that's left is me so I better start working on it (laughs) yeah and I did I felt like I really lost myself throughout like this throughout having acne and stuff and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to I just wanted to remind myself that I was a bad bitch (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) so when people because I know a lot of my friends like there's this one of my friends in particular and she is I can't I can't explain to you how beautiful this girl is but she doesn't she doesn't know it and she doesn't feel it in herself and I think she reminds me a lot of myself because you know she was she's very self-conscious um but then you know she has so much beauty and I think like everything she everything she says to me I just, I'm like, literally you and me. And then, you know, when she, because she'll ask me, like, what made you confident? And I think it was just, you know, not giving a shit about what other people say. Because when I see people that remind me of who I once was, I try to think, like, how did I really get there? But then I think, for me, it was just about remembering that if I want to love myself, it isn't about, like, fitting into society and you know fitting these beauty standards that were set by someone I don't even know it's just about being who I am and not giving a shit about that and being unapologetic for that I love that um and I it's something that I think I'm definitely still working on myself at 31 years old I think it's like something that is a constant you know it you have to always work on it because even if you get to a place where you are your most confident and you're feeling your best and you have dedicated so much time to invest in yourself and treat yourself well, there can always be little triggers that occur throughout the course of your life. Things that happen, things you experience, things you see that can reignite that that dark looming fire that sort of will make you start questioning yourself again or start resurfacing these these more negative feelings that you've once had so I feel like you know this this the idea of self-care it's incredible and I love that every that we're all kind of you know wanting to do this but I feel like we have to remember that once you achieve it, that doesn't mean it's there for life. You, It's something that you always have to keep working on and striving for. And, you know, it, when things do happen that sort of kick you off that horse, remembering that, like, this is okay, forgive yourself, you know, give yourself the time that you need and um, get back on that horse and keep going because it, it's a lifelong journey, loving yourself 
and valuing yourself and respecting yourself, it it really is something that carries on for for life. Yeah, and honestly, I can't even explain how important it is to love yourself because everyone, you know how people say, you know, you have to love yourself before you love anyone else and everyone's like, yeah, that's cliche. But it's so <laughs> true because... You know, when you love yourself, you hold yourself to a really high esteem. And it basically means that, you know, you don't take any shit. And you're, you know your worth. So you're less inclined to settle or any of that kind of stuff. And that's really why I needed to be on this journey so that I remembered my self worth. And this is why I need, this is why. I always try and tell my friends or whoever, like, it is so important to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can vouch for that in my own experience because there was a one year of my life where I was really, really low, like the lowest time I've ever been in my life. I had like zero self-esteem. I had no self-love, but I actually wasn't conscious of this. I wasn't aware that I was that way. And during this time, I was single, I was dating, and I dated so many men that were absolute garbage and treated me like complete and utter shit. And I remember just feeling like, why? Like, why is this happening? Like, why does this keep happening to me? Where are the good guys? And at the end of this year, I had like an epiphany that occurred where I realized that like, I was dating such garbage cans because I wasn't even treating myself well. So it's like this, this, energetic cycle of like me not loving myself and me not having any self-esteem whatsoever that I was choosing men subconsciously that I knew would also treat me like shit. And so it wasn't that like all these guys were coming after me with the intent to treat me like garbage and this and that. Like I was opening the door and saying, waltz in, here I am, do with me as you please. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I had no boundaries. I had, I was totally just completely in a dark spot. And once I realized that, I was like, wow, like I, I've really brought this on myself. And, you know, because I didn't even love myself, I almost intentionally found people that I knew wouldn't love me either. And I allowed this cycle to just perpetuate one after the next after the next until I was so depleted that I I, I knew there was only going up from there. Yeah. But I just feel like society really contributes to that because if you think about it, who really teaches us to love ourselves? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no one that really says, yeah, love yourself first when you're growing up. It's always, don't do this because people are going to say this or, you know, oh, don't wear that because it's not for your body size or whatever. There's always something that people say. And it's just, it's so deeply ingrained in society that we carry it in everything we do, whether it's relationships, whether it's the, basically everything. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's okay to go through these experiences. It's okay to not be like, it's okay to not be perfect and know all this straight away. Like part of the whole experience of loving yourself is learning. And to be honest, without acne, like acne brought out the side of me that I'm most proud of because it, it almost gave me a voice. And like, it's a testament to my strength and courage and the fact that I'm really brave to be able to have something that makes me different, but mm. I can just own it and be me. And I think I just want everyone to know that, like everyone to learn that about themselves and feel that way about themselves. Yes. Okay. Well, I think we are down to the burning question of the hour. What does sisterhood mean to you? Well, Firstly, shout out to all my sisters. <laughs> 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 um, no, well, growing up with a sister, like, 
I always had someone that I could kind of lean on and learn from. And I kind of wanted my page to have that element of a big sister. Because when you have a sister, you can talk about you know, things you're going through, your struggles. It also contribute contributes to your growth, like, and it's just a very, very important factor of your life. And I do think it's easier to navigate through life as well. And since having my page, I've met so many amazing women. Like, I can't even begin to describe how badass and cool these women are. And I just think it's it's so nice to have, like, you know, mutual empowerment where you can empower each other. There's like a sense of hope and, you know, you just know that you're not alone. And the other important thing about sisterhood is like, you all probably have similar experiences, whether it's like, you know, a gender inequality or or um, beauty standards, but you all have different responses to it. And I think that's really interesting to learn as well. Yeah. I mean, I think women definitely, that's kind of why I I have this podcast is so that we can learn from each other and use each other as support systems. And somebody could hear your story today and say like, I am not alone. And I listen to Ish and she's a badass bitch. And (laughs) I have never felt more empowered about myself. And it's time for me to put my foot down and start advocating for myself and love myself because why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I I totally think like – and I say this all the time on the show that, you know, we experience so much of the same struggles and hardship that the girl next to you is like should be your biggest cheerleader. I mean, she's the one that you should be going to for help and support and guidance and, you know, being able to share personal stories with each other is the number one way that we can really help increase our own self-esteem and self-awareness to say, she's not my competition. She's actually my sister. And like, that is the person that's going to get me through this. And I should be using her for support, not looking at her as an enemy. And so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's this podcast can help sort of bring that to light with with all of our female listeners. Well, that's awesome. Um, Any other last thoughts, feelings, perspectives, any topics we haven't covered yet that you want to share with the podcast audience? I just want to say how much beauty standards contribute to also how men perceive women. Because I do think that is, like, because of social media, men expect women to be perfect, like, and I just feel like it's important for us to be ourselves as well to show that there is ma- many versions of beauty like and to just educate men as well at the same time and also ladies if your man makes you feel like you're not beautiful dump him <laughs> <laughs> right now do it, right? Do, do it while we're on the podcast <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Okay, well, how about you tell all of the listeners how they can stay in touch, where they can find you on Instagram, and how to reach out to you if they want to talk all things beauty or acne or advocating for diverse beauty standards. Um, let us know how we can stay in touch. Okay, well, if you ever need a hype woman, <laughs> you can go to my Instagram, which is at loveish underscore x, and also my TikTok, which is the same. I've only recently started TikTok, so please don't judge my videos. <laughs> I'm gonna lie, I haven't got the transitions right yet, but <laughs> Woo! Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I absolutely loved our conversation. You're such a gem. And I'm just so, so appreciative of you taking the time to talk with me tonight for you. Eight o'clock there, right? Nine o'clock now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm just so excited for everybody to hear our conversation. I'm sure the listeners will love it. And I'm just so looking forward to staying in touch with you and watching you flourish and thrive in the world. So thank you.
thanks for having me. Um, I'm. I hope I didn't go off a tangent too much. No, you're fine. <laughs> You're gonna just That's hear what me, podcasts are for. You're gonna hear me going, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm great in post production editing. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the message of today's episode. And when you look in the mirror today, give yourself a big hug and remind yourself that you are a badass bitch. We have so many awesome guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want all of your badass bitch friends to hear it, take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories, and tag all of those hot-ass friends that need a friendly reminder that they are absolutely drop-dead beautiful just the way that they are. All right, guys, until next time, sending you all of the love, all of the hugs, and all of the bobs. Bye.